Let us now start the conversation that you can join in on uh, 0614104107. That is our WhatsApp number. Please do remember your voice notes should be audible and clear and not any longer than uh, 60 seconds. That's a minute. Or you can send an SMS to 41391 with your views. You can also call in on 086-000-2032. Let's uh, introduce and welcome Siabong Amkize, cultural expert. Thank you very much for joining us, Siabong. Thank you, much, Thank you very much for having me and good evening to yourself, Mbuiselo and SAFM listeners. Mbuiselo Landu is um, an elder from the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Thank you very much for joining us, Mbuiselo. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you very much, Patricia, and uh, good evening to the listeners. Thank you for having me. May I start off with you, Mbuiselo, um, from uh, the point of view of the Seventh-day Adventists, are male circumcisions and the rituals around them, culturally at least, relevant in this day and age? And is there a spiritual reference to them? Yes, let me start by saying, um, as far as the Christian, uh, Christians are concerned, uh, you would understand that Christians have the Bible as their authority. Now, if you trace the, the origin of the of circumcision rites, it's coming all the way from the Old Testament during the times of, of Abraham. And uh, it was later practiced by the, by the Jewish nation, the Israelites. And uh, according to the scriptures, it was supposed to foreshadow the coming of Christ. Then by implication, it means when Christ came, it ceased to be a mandatory right for God's people. Wait a minute. Mbuiselo, I'd like you to please give us um, some scriptural reference uh, to, you know, the inception of circumcision in the Old Testament and also what you have just referred to right now um, around when um, it it was, it it, it ceased to become, you know, a right of practice. Yes, yes. Um, People can trace this back in the book of Genesis when God told Abraham to actually get circumcised. Okay. And uh, also, uh, you, you will understand that Abraham was the first, as I said, was the first uh, person to be circumcised. Uh, that goes a long way back when Abraham had um, a covenant with God. I believe it's in the first chapter of, of Genesis. And uh, if you if you now want to understand where it seems to be uh, mandatory, you have to consult the 15th chapter of the Book of Acts. The, the whole chapter, uh, not the whole chapter, uh, the half of the chapter 15th of the, of the Book of Acts consists of a meeting that became very necessary uh, when there was a clash among early Christians. It states there very clearly, especially from this one in the in the 15th chapter of the Book of Acts, it states where the problem emanated. It began when some converts in the Jewish nation were actually trying to force Gentiles, other nations who had accepted Christ also, 
they were forcing them to, to be circumcised. They were saying they can't be saved if they are not circumcised. So this led to an uproar uh, in the Christian community uh, to a point that a council had to sit with delegates from different uh, churches. And uh, the, the apostles were overseeing the, the council, the meeting. If you read that chapter, you will notice that uh, James was the, was the chairperson of that meeting. It's where the matter was deliberated upon, and then you will you will as you read down you will get the verdict of the of the meeting. It clearly states, and I think Peter was also helping in summarizing the decision of the meeting. It really it really states there that uh, the Gentiles are not under obligation to get circumcised, and it tells what they are under obligation to do but they are released from the obligation to get circumcised. Can you give us the exact scripture where it says Gentiles who are Christian, according to what you have said, uh, do not have the obligation to be circumcised? All right. Mm-hmm. As I said, it's uh, in the 15th chapter. Uh, let me see if I can quickly get it. It's in the, in the book of Acts. Chapter. Yes, in the book of Acts. As I said, immediately um, when you consult that chapter, immediately the first verse um, brings the question to the fore. I'm trying to get to it because I was not, yeah, here am I now, and I'm in the 16th chapter. If you read chapter 1 there, it says, certain men among, sorry, certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, saying, unless you are circumcised according to a custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. This is now the new King James Version I'm reading from. <clears throat> Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small uh, dissension and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. This is when the decision was taken to, to have the, the matter thoroughly uh, debated. Then if you read from, from verse 22, it now reads the decree. That, that is the decision. Of the it says in verse 22, Then it pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men to their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. Uh, who is also named Basabas and Silas, leading men among the brethren. Uh, then, then they wrote a letter. So now the decision has been taken. Barnabas and Paul are sent to distribute the decision of the meeting, but they are also carrying the meeting, I mean the, the letter from the meeting. And then the letter reads and reads and reads, and then listeners will get the decision of that meeting as they go down the verses. Okay, I'm going to come so to... For instance, verse 28 will say, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, these were, these were prophets. When you talk about James, when you talk about Peter, uh, you're talking about uh, 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 prophets. So now verse 28 says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us, that is us, the apostles, to lay upon you no greater burden 
than these necessary things. And then it names what things they are, they are necessary to keep. But uh, excluding uh, uh, circumcision, of course. So this was the decision now of that of that uh, meeting. Okay. Thank you for laying that. Mbuiselo, just hold the thought. Thank you for laying the foundation. You will have an opportunity to continue to um, engage with us. I'd like to bring in Siabonga Mkize, who's a cultural expert. Siabonga, please tell us the background around um, African uh, cultural circumcision and where it comes from. All right. Thank you so much for the opportunity and thank you to Mbuiselo for the lovely foundation that he set and perhaps the title um, spiritual advisor and guide is more appropriate for what I do. So the act of circumcision isn't necessarily about the act of circumcision, right? Cultural principles and cultural protocol is in place for the development of men and women or rather young boys and young girls to become the men and women that we need for our society. It is milestones that are in place to begin healthy conversations around sexual practice, around sexual health, around genital health, around reproductive health. Yeah, well, there are certain protocols and rituals as well that follow the act of circumcision. And it is not to look at it simply as circumcision um, is, is, is not doing it a justice because we're looking at it at a very superficial level. Going through the process of circumcision is typically done around about the ages of 16, 18, that kind of adolescent stage in your life. A stage, a very, very vital and critical stage in a young boy's life when it becomes, when the conversations of manhood, masculinity, and, and, and fatherhood begin to come into play. That is when Omkulu Norkoko would actually sit down with Umfana and they would assess spiritually, is there a need with Umfana Akulis? What are the conversations that we are having him, that we are having with him now? Are we shepherding him correctly into manhood? Are we teaching? Because when we talk about circumcision, right, we can spend all day and Google the health benefits of circumcision. Right, and the reduction of um, the likelihood of contracting HIV and so on and so forth from a biological point of view. But from an African spiritual point of view, the, the grooming that takes place when it comes to masculinity of the child around that ritual and protocol is very necessary and it is essential. And I don't think it's a, coinc- it's a coincidence that with the decline in those practices, we're seeing a rise in... Um, low, low, low um, um, in, in increase in um, impotence and infertility and libido in men and women. So if I'm understanding you correctly, from a cultural uh, point of view, Siabonga, uh, circumcision is not just about the act, but it is about the entire practices that um, are embedded or are, are centered around this particular act of circumcision. It is not just um, for a, a male child or a man to be circumcised. It's certain lessons he needs to learn. Exactly. Okay. You are correct. So so you- this current, th- with our current day and age, Siabonga, what I'd like to find out from you is, 
Because you are citing that there's been so many, you know, issues around impotence and um, maybe even behavioral changes for the fact that some of these cultural practices, like circumcision as a rite of rite of passage, are not being practiced, our society is therefore lacking. So let me be clear: it is not the act on its own. I think we have a problem where. We solely focus on the act where it's like, okay, the child has been circumcised, that's fine. It's not about just the act. The act needs to come with African spiritual rituals and protocols and training and grooming. So we are in a society where either the act is done on its own in a vacuum, in a silo, or it is not done at all. Now, my only concern with with um, with Mboisela's sentiments is that dropping circumcision completely when do we then have the opportunity to have these fundamental conversations and training and grooming um, of young boys into young men? Now, I'm, I've got a question for you before I allow Mbuiselo to respond to, to your concern. My question is, from our current understanding of culture, there are certain in South Africa um, cultural groups who will still practice the rite of passage that includes um, circumcision. So, for instance, uh, we, we are aware that uh, Amakosa will still practices, uh, practice it and Abesutu, but Amazulu, it's, it's not known that they practice it. So, what then happens to societies where the rite of passage, Ogyo and Abeni, go to the mountains, is not practiced? So I am am Zulu. I did not go in Dabin, right? But circumcision and the the rituals and protocols. my brother Okay, my brother. I think you know, he received a cow at the age of about seventeen, eighteen, because So in order to become Inkosan, which is an heir, Mina in the sense that I received Umsebenzwokbonga, being the last born. So we both went through the the african rituals and rites of male grooming and training right despite having gone to the bush despite having gone through that process of circumcision so what i'm saying is that there are moments that cultural practice presents to us for ukulisabafan into young men so in and other in words event circum- that, go ahead go in, ahead in the event such as the zulu culture where they they don't exist, right? We can still use those moments of being 16 or 18 years old, where that where where ingania tomba, where the child has their first um, wet dream, if you have it, right? Where you have where in actual fact what would happen is umfana would then open isbaya and then inkoma bezo kisho extend data goes, and then that's how they would know what's okay. Fine, there is no longer a boy in that home. There was a young boy or tomba. There was a young man who is ready to enter a different stage. Um, or he's leaving adolescence and is entering early adulthood and ubudot. Yeah, but even though, and that happened in the Zulu culture, even though um, circumcision was abolished by Ushaga Zulu um, many, many years ago. So in other words, it's not necessarily the act of circumcision, and I'm repeating what you have said, it is the cultural practices around them. Yes. Let yes. me come to you, Mbuiselo. You, 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 would you like to respond to the thoughts that were given to us by Usiabonga around <coughs> culture and circumcision? I'm not sure, ma'am, if I'm still connected. We can hear okay. you loud and clearly. Okay. Are you able to hear me? Yes, we hear you, Mbuiselo. 
Okay, I can hear you from from the radio, but I can't hear you from my phone. But I'll continue. Right, I need you, I need you to switch off your radio, Mbuiselo, in order for us to have this conversation. Yes, I have just done that. Thank the you. The unfortunate thing is that I've lost you on my phone on audio, but I, I understand you are able to hear me now. Um, but you see, I'm, I'm, I very much concur with Sir Bonga when he says circumcision remains necessary. Uh, for the reasons that he just explained. All I was just saying was that it is not mandatory as far as the word of God is concerned. But the Gentiles were released from the obligation. I, we, they can still keep it if they like to. For instance, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I'm, a, I'm from a Tosa community. We practice it, but we have chosen to do so. Uh, but it's not because God is is, is asking us to do it. We can do it for all right reasons, and I agree with him. It's a passage to many words. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> so we can always look into ways of of um, of improving and and doing it better. Uh, I was just trying to explain that. Mm. According to the Bible, now no longer now let's mandatory. go. Let, let's go back to uh, the Bible itself. One person yeah, to explain that over and over was Paul. Throughout his books, Paul was because remember Paul had to contend with people who thought uh, the right was still mandatory. <laughs> so that is one topic he discusses throughout his letters, especially the Book of Romans. Um, it's happy that I'm not able to, to hear you now. Um, so I don't know what happened to my phone. All right. Mbuisel, uh, um, you know, for me, my question would then be, is God then contradicting himself? I'm hearing myself echo. I'm going to have to ask for a, a spot break. Let's fix the lines, please. Um, I think either it's probably Buselo who's uh, making us echo. We'll come back. I'll ask him this question. I see Temba, um, Colin, and Modon um, Sinyane uh, are on the line, and we will give you an opportunity to weigh in on this particular one. You are listening to Facts of Faith on the Station of the Year. We continue with our conversation. If you'd like to join in, uh, the number to dial is 0614-104-107. And if you'd like to send a WhatsApp, uh, 0... Well, wait, 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 wait. WhatsApp is 0614104107. And to call in is on 0860002032. So our guests um, are on the line, and I think we managed to sort things out. Mbuiselo, are you there? Yes, I'm Excellent. So I've got a question here for you. Uh, the initial, yeah. you know, um, you know, opening of what you have discussed with us is around uh, the book of Genesis, right? You said yeah. uh, chapter 17 and the covenant. I'm talking about yeah. the act itself. And I'm glad that there's an agreement between you and Siabonga uh, when it comes to, you know, the, 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 the relevance of the cultural or uh, learning around circumcision. But my question is around contradiction. A person who might not be afraid with the Bible, um, a person who might not know the text very well, would then say mm. to you, is what is on Genesis 17 
um, where it says, and God spoke to Abraham saying, this is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and thy seed after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. Knowing that in this particular text, being the Bible, uh, we are told that we are all seeds of Abraham because, you know, we emanate from him. And the first circumcision was his. Now, in the New Testament, the contradiction comes to say, well, well, you may all be the seed of Abraham. However, if you're Gentile, you're not obligated. Is that not a contradiction? Certainly not. Uh, It is not possible that God could contradict himself. You see, the... What we all we usually overlook when we read the scriptures is the fact that um, from the beginning in the book of Genesis, I think uh, from chapter three, there there has been there has always been two sets of laws in the Bible. There was a law which is which was later written in the in the stones. We call it the Ten Commandments. And then the Bible also tells us about the law, which is usually referred to as the law of Moses. Now, when when Moses went up the mountain to meet the Lord in, in, in Genesis chapter 19, two sets of laws were given him. The one, as I've already indicated, was, in, was written by the finger of God himself, and he proclaimed it with his mouth uh, on, the, on, the, on the table of stone. And then there was the other, which was in a scroll, which Moses wrote, but he got the instructions from God. Now, what was in the, in, the, in the book that Moses wrote was something that was practiced by patriarchs a long time before. Circumcision is one of those things. But all of those were, were shadows. They were figuring. Uh, they were figures pointing to Christ who was going to come and save us all on earth. But what was in the in the in the book of what was in the stones was to remain forever. So now that is that is where the seeming contradiction comes. Because people who always followed God closely, even in the Old Testament times, understood that at a certain point the shadows would have to fall away. Because the as as, as Paul would say, the substance had come. So the, 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 the right of circumcision was one of those that had to fall away because it was a symbol just as just as the your wedding ring is a symbol. Your wedding ring is not your your your, your marriage. It's it's an outside thing that points to an internal thing. So you can't say when you when you lose your ring you can't say then you are not married. That's that's what circumcision meant. It was a sign of a bigger thing than itself. Okay. Now, if you, if you, you you will get that if you go and read the fourth chapter, chapter four in the book of Romans, and starting from verse nine. If you start from verse nine up to verse twelve, Paul is making that argument. He's saying, "No, remember uh, when Abraham received circumcision, he received it as a sign." of the faith that he had already before he was circumcised. So what, what was uh, uh, plausible about, about Abraham was his faith. So And then he received circumcision as a sign of the faith that he already practiced before he could be circumcised. So you see now that 
this, this, as I say, it works just like your, your wedding ring. It had to fall away at a, at a certain time. Yeah, someone will come in and say, Mbuiselo, someone will say, your wedding ring was not uh, written down to say, then God said. Um, But then now all of a sudden Paul says. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. And I'm sure our listeners would like to join in on this conversation. Let me go to Temba. Temba is in Soweto. And he wants to share with us what happens in uh, the Shembe Church. Temba, good morning. Ah, not morning. Good evening. <laughs> good evening. How are you? Yeah, we are one of the My biological <laughs> clock is not here, but yeah, let's watch hey, forward. I am confused. I am I'm telling you. I am confused when it comes to. Uh, I forgot the one of your guests there, which is a Zulu guest, right? When he says I'm a Zulu, I because. Yeah, uh, Gina, uh, mostly congregation, mostly about the Panama Sulu, and Gina say I'm a daughter of Masulu, and because that's how we make a covenant with God. So, to answer the question that you were asking, Wuti, is it relevant in religious or spiritually or in this day and time and age? It is, my sister, because. Not even one dies, like from all the other, but I'm not offending anyone. Yeah, mm. Temba, tell us how is it done in the Shambi Church? Are the cultural practices around it? You went Abe in Genswanjan and culture practices because you do it religiously and then you go home so the circumcision happens uh, at the church is that what you say yeah it is down in my, my on the mountains it's in the church Mm, okay. Um, let me allow Siabonga to, to also just stay on the line with me Temba Siabonga please come in yes Yes, no, when I was referring to that, it's, 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 I obviously don't have the in-depth knowledge of the Shembe Church, which is why we need people such as Ubaba to come on and say, we do it. But remember, um, Mina, I'm talking about, it's widely accepted, whereas if you're and you happen to subscribe to the Shembe Church, then you would have... Um, it's it's not as widely practiced um, as it is with Amakosa. That's what I was saying. Because Abba, because remember, I can be Zulu and not subscribe to the Shembe Church. Yabo. Mm, okay. Well, I understand that's what I was saying. So, but only in Thank you very much, Temba, Thank for calling much. in. Uh, I'm going to Andrew, who's in Durban. Um, uh, Andrew says God is contradicting circumcision. Andrew, let's hear why you have this view. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you, uh, Andrew. You can go ahead. Yeah, no, I just want you to read from Jeremiah uh, 2. Uh, sorry, can you hear me? Loud and clear, go ahead. Jeremiah 4, verse 1 to 4. What does the text say, um, Andrew, for the sake of time? Yeah, it's saying, circumcise yourself to the Lord 
remove the foreskin of your heart. Oh, men of uh, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Do you hear that? Yes, we do hear it. Yes. So what I'm saying is, uh, God didn't call that. It's just that we don't understand what God's plan was. Because remember, second season was under the law. It was a law that was put so that men can follow. Because in the Old Testament, God was ruling men using the law. But when Jesus came now, we are under the spiritual guidance. So now, with that, the circumcision is not of the body, but the circumcision is of the heart. That is why even in Romans, it says, uh, if a Jew is circumcised physically, but it does not fulfill the law, then it becomes uncircumcised spiritually because it does not fulfill the law. Okay, your line is bad now, Andrew, uh, but I think we get the gist of what you're saying. Just to support what you're saying, there's also a, a text in the Bible, Colossians 2, verse 11, uh, that uh, says, In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. Um, let me go to a spot break. When I come back, we will allow more callers and some of your voice notes. The question is, is circumcision for men still relevant in today's um, lifestyle? Um, and if it is relevant, why? If it's not relevant, why? Where are you getting, um, you know, the precepts of your decision-making around circumcision? You are listening to Facts of Faith on the Station of the Year. We continue with our conversation around the relevance of uh, male circumcision. Uh, Biblically, uh, from a spiritual point of view, from an African point of view, we've got uh, on the line Colin, who's in Cape Town. Colin, thank you very much for being so patient. Um, Good evening, Patricia, and good evening to your guest. You know, um, we um, Christians or non-Christians and things like that, um, we don't realize that the Old Testament and the New Testament. Why have we got those two testaments? Um, Because God sent His Son, Jesus, to this earth. And He taught us what is right and wrong through His apostles. And He told them to go out on Pentecost. When they received the Holy Spirit, they went out and teach what Jesus taught them. Now, we believe, Christians believe, mostly in uh, the New Testament. Well, the Old Testament is still uh, available, but there are certain um, rules that Jesus changed in that Old Testament. But the, the commandments remain the same and things like that. Now, what we must realize is this. Jesus mentioned, I don't know where in the Bible, but I read it some time back in the New Testament, circumcised and uncircumcised is no difference in the kingdom of God. So therefore, and I can't see in any scripture where females get circumcised. Males must go to the mountain at the age of 16, 
Right, I've read about the cultures. They become men. They get taught how to be a man, how to look after a family, how to do this, how to do that. But I would say 90% of those that come out of that mountain don't fulfill what they were taught. How do you know this as a fact, Colin? As a, I've read it. I've read it and where did why you read are it? we can, having... Can you share with us where you read this? No. Place? Well, I can come back to you on it. I heard it on a, a radio also a radio station that um, when they spoke about circumcision and all that, going to the mountains, now those boys are taught how to be uh, um, gentlemen, fathers, and so and so. But lots of them turn it back onto what they were taught, and they become different people. All right. I don't know where you get the stats from, um, but it's it's. Uh, thank you very much. It's well noted. I've got uh, voice notes, and then I'm going to allow uh, both my guests uh, to come in and uh, and give us, you know, their closing comments. Male circumcision um, from uh, the biblical ancient understanding was the pact signed uh, between Abraham and God, in other words, the Jewish nation. However, from the African cosmos understanding, male circumcision is the rite of passage from boyhood to manhood, and it is done through the identification of an the growing age of boys and also the fertility of the land. Whereas the modern time Christians talk about salvation. Kanjo. Uh, good evening, ma'am. And uh, what you call uh, Sabonga, the cultural expert in the Mbuiswa, no, the issue of uh, circumcision uh, is good for for safety. Uh, but uh, when they go at at intervene, uh, some of the teachings are very very are very very wrong. So the problem is the is the teachings, because also there there is no healthy safety. Every time the boys are are coming back dead, some of the boys. Thanks. All right, because of time, I'm going to ask that our guests, Siabongam uh, Kize and Mbuiselo Orlando, stay with us until after uh, the news so that we can be able to wrap up this conversation. Uh, it's one that has really opened up my eyes around the various ways of circumcision, but the answer to whether or not it's still relevant, I'm still yet to hear. Uh, remember, you can uh, still send in your messages um, around this topic in our open line. We'll be able to also take some of your calls, 0614-104-107. Let's go to the news uh, that will be given to us by Greg Hose. <laughs> Thank you.
We continue with our conversation around the relevance of male circumcision from a spiritual point of view. The time is at five past eight, and our guests are Siabong Amkize and Mbuiselo Landu. Now, we had uh, some callers and a voice notes that we played just before we went to the news, and I'd like us to start, you know, wrapping up our conversation with our guests. And uh, we will allow you, as the listener, to join in on the conversation. Um, a, a bit later on on our open line so stay tuned and uh, we will make sure that we continue engaging Siabong I'm going to come to you uh, please uh, give us your closing comments and thoughts around what has been discussed and maybe help us understand what our culture and our practices around uh, the relevance of circumcision should be I do understand their concern around what young men are being taught in Dabeni. I also do understand people's concern and I share their concerns around the health and safety of those young men. But I do think that there are many doctors that are Tlasa, there are many doctors that are Sutsu that have been to in Dabeni. And if they want to address the health and safety while still preserving the sanctity and secrecy um, of their practices, they can do that and they are more than equipped with the resources to do so. When it comes to what they are being taught, at the end of the day, we we are all talking about something that we don't fully, fully know what they're being taught. But what I do appreciate about the practice, hence I, I speak for it, is that it is an opportunity to sit young men down and groom them and train them and teach them and shepherd them into manhood. That is what it is. It is an opportunity. How we utilize that opportunity? Well, I have to leave that up to the Khosa Nation and the Sutu Nation. Mm. And uh, the, 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 the summing up of your thoughts, Mbuiselo Landu, um, please just give that to us in response, obviously, to our guests. Mbuiselo, are you there? Yes, I'm there. I'm listening. Are you able to hear me? Yes, we can hear you now. Can you please respond to our listeners uh, who joined in on the conversation and also please just uh, give us your closing comments? Yes, I think the the, the, the challenge about the, what is being taught out there in the bush is a challenge that concerns all of us. It's, it's something we need to sit around and and resolve uh, because it's, it's horrible. It's putting a, a, a dot... On a, on, on a culture that is otherwise a good culture. Um, but let me just read a short verse in Colossians chapter 2, verse 11. Uh, Paul is saying in him, that is in Christ, you, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the past by the circumcision of Christ. So according to God, circumcision was designed to help people learn very significant spiritual realities about how man is saved from their sins and how uh, the converted heart really um, is. That, that was the spiritual significance of, of circumcision. God was trying to teach them is something more important than, than the circumcision itself. That is why you would be angry with them because many of them would refuse to learn the lessons that God was trying to teach them. Not all of them, but uh, many of them. So in closing, I want to say, religiously, as I said, we have no obligation uh, to be circumcised, but customarily, 
or traditionally, it's a practice that we can do, and it's a practice that we need to to get up uh, and and make sure we cleanse it so that we 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 bring it back to its um, original state where things used to go right. And lastly, I want to say parents cannot uh, neglect their duty to train their children in, in right and wrong and hope that they will know when they are in the bush. You, you, you don't wait and, and defer that responsibility to, to when the child is going to be in the bush. Training is a daily thing to, to, to mold the character of the child. As, as we say, when you take that child to the bush, it's just an outward thing. You, you can never hope by it to get to the heart of the child. It's an ongoing process that must take place all the time. Uh, otherwise, I want to thank all the listeners who put on their um, their thoughts around the issue. Thank mm. you very much. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. I'd like to thank both our guests, Siabong Amkize and Mbuiselo Landu, for joining in on this conversation, um, the relevance of uh, male circumcision when it comes to spirituality.